On this edition of the Tweet Show, we're going to do the Super Bowl preview. We're going to talk about everything you need to know for Super Bowl 56 when it comes to like storylines, uh, prop bets, bets, um, just stories from each team, Bengals and Rams, just whatever you need to know. I'm going to try my best and tell you all about it on this edition of the Tweet Show. So with that all being said, let's go. Just can't wait for the Super Bowl. We are a couple days away. As I'm recording this, it's currently Thursday, so we're about four days away from the Super Bowl, and I just cannot wait for the Super Bowl. It's going to be so fun to watch. So let's talk about this game, shall we? It's going to be a really intriguing matchup because, like, obviously, you had the underdogs that are the Cincinnati Bengals, and no one thought they were going to be in this game. And then you have the uh, Los Angeles Rams, who everybody thought they were probably going to be in this game. Like, I'm not shocked by the Rams being in, but I'm definitely, like, shocked that the Bengals are actually in the Super Bowl as we speak. Hold on, I just got some breaking news. This is some NBA news, even though I was supposed to talk strictly about the Super Bowl, but this is kind of some really big news in the NBA. So, as we speak... The Brooklyn Nets traded James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, Steph Curry, and Draymond or Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. And um, the Nets are also, or yeah, they're also including Paul Millsap in the deal, if that's all accurate. Which I'm assuming it is because it's by and there's some draft compilations. But let me so let me read this one more time so let me get the full scoop. Let me read this one more time. So, like I said, let me find Woj's tweet again. Okay. The Brooklyn Nets are trading, yep, trading James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks, and Paul Millsap to the 76ers, or yeah, to the 76ers. In return, or yeah, so James is going to the 76ers, and the Nets are getting Simmons, Curry, and Drummond, and yeah, that's it, really. And plus, you got these, uh, uh, what do you want to call them, draft picks and all that. We don't have to worry about the draft picks, but just some quick initial thoughts. Uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. I didn't think this was, I mean... I kind of saw it happening. I was like, I don't know. Is this actually going to happen? Is James Harden like actually wanting out? You know, there's some reflecting reports and all that stuff about James Harden wanting out or not. And there's some talk about all that. And now 
that it actually happened, you're like, holy cow, the NBA or the Eastern Conference just totally changed. Because now you got James Harden on the 76ers, and the 76ers are actually a really good team. And now the Brooklyn Nets, who are struggling, finally got some more uh, pieces to their uh, championship. And it's kind of interesting. Like, you didn't expect. Like you typically don't expect um, teams within the same conference, especially teams that are especially like like in the race to trying to win a title in the East to make this kind of trade. But like, they're I feel like the Nets were kind of tied with their hands. They're like, all right, fine, James, if you want to leave, go right ahead. We don't care. Go leave. So I mean, I think it's 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 a great. Tra- I think in the long run, it's it's a great trade for the Seventy Sixers. Because you obviously get James Harden, and because then if you pair him up with Joel and Embiid, like those two are gonna be like I think those two are gonna be really great. But now, okay, so you got so I think what now the 76ers starting lineup is now uh, Maxi, James Harden, uh, uh, Fibel and uh, uh, Embiid, and I don't know. I guess you can throw in Harris type uh, Harris. So that's a pretty solid starting lineup right there. I mean, it's pretty nice, pretty solid, and then on the on the net side of things, you've got now Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, uh, Kevin Durant, um, Drummond, and um, I guess Seth Curry. I guess, I don't know, the, the Nets lineups probably could be changed up a bit. I mean, there's a million ways they can go at. And, I mean, they're probably going to, well, do you start Seth? Well, no, you probably t- you put him on the bench. That way he'd be like your sixth man. I don't know. The Nets, though, they got some more uh, more depth I would say, but uh, the Sixers though could be this Nets and Sixers if they meet up in the playoffs. Oh my gosh, it was this that series will be amazing. Can't wait for that. I can't wait. I'm gonna well. Uh, so there's obviously there's been a lot more trades happening, but that's the big one. So let's get back to your regular scheduled program of the Super Bowl preview. Let's do some breakdowns of this game and all that fun stuff for the Super Bowl preview. So let me pull up my uh, little uh, sheet I have here. Kind of going off a little bit of an article that I'm kind of reading about, but this is some really good facts about it. Uh, like Cooper Cup, how he got to this this level, I think mainly because one, we knew how good Cooper Cup was, but like I think the next level that he took was obviously having Matthew Stafford as his quarterback. And I think anytime you have like a talented wide receiver, you finally give him that like um, quarterback that's like elite, then he can take his level or his game to the next level. So that's why I think that Cooper Cup got to where he is right now. It's like, you know, Matthew, if you look at the past wide receivers that Matthew Stafford's had. He's had uh, Megatron. Uh, I feel like there was another... There was another at least decent wide receiver he had in Detroit. Um, what was his name? Uh, shoot. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. But there, there was at least one other one that was in Detroit that was pretty solid for Matt, even though it was mainly just Megatron. But, I mean, the rival of Matthew Stafford was unquestionably helped the Spurg in his spectacular season for a cup but like it's not too early to handily explain his sudden breakout we also can break down the credit of 
the concept with Stafford and Cup. Um, just you know, forming forming that bond. You know, they, as soon as like Matthew Stafford got traded to the Rams, Cup's probably like, oh hey, I should probably get this guy's number. And we should like, they like text all the time, and like we should really like, you know, start running routes and all that. You know, start building that chemistry. We should have a, just as a quarterback wide receiver duo. You know, they probably worked out bunch of times during the offseason and they, i think they i heard the story where cooper cup literally just has breakfast him all the time they probably like break down game film they're like okay matt when i see the safety come down i'm gonna run this certain route here and or if he stays here i'm gonna cut my route just to tap it right here or something you know stuff like that you know typical football players talking like oh here blah 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 blah, blah. and matt's probably like, yeah yeah if you do this but if he comes down but then he does this or blah 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 you know football talk what any kind of football player typically does. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bengals are going to try and slow him down a bit. Because, I mean, the, the Bengals have uh, that they're, have one way to do it, and they have that good slot corner, Mike Hilton. Um, I mean, he's pretty solid. He was, uh, you know, Milton uh, in the postseason has gone 9-15 uh, for 95 yards. So, you know, he's only... Not a lot of people are throwing it to his side. And Hilton's uh, added an interception off Ryan Tannehill off, uh, on a screen during the division round. More than 85 or more than 58% of Cups routes come off of slots this season. And that number is higher than if he w- we focus on the choice of the concept or Hilton, uh, Hilton will will need to, com- you know, be competitive or be aggressive with probably cup on the line of scrimmage and stuff like that however you want you know if he's off coverage or on coverage you know stuff like that i mean like on the uh then we can talk about uh how the Bengals defense speaking of their defense how they're gonna probably on Bengals defense is probably just gonna drop like seven to eight guys majority of the time probably you know they're just gonna try and drop a lot of people like uh, there's a stat right here that says like the Bengals only sent three men to rush Mahomes 15 times, and 10 of those times in the second half, Mahomes saw an average of 2.4 uh, three-man rush all season before the loss. And those 15 snaps produce a total of 38 net yards, which I really don't know what net yards means, but I think I do, but I don't. It is what it is. Um, while I don't think that. I don't know, like, the plan will be used heavily in dose and then the eight-man coverage, like we saw in the in the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs. The three-man rush were nothing new for Cincinnati. If if dropped eight-man into coverage 70 times this season, more than any other defense in the football, it allowed a QBR rating of just 27.3 of those snaps, and with those quarterbacks average. 6.6 yards per attempt. So, I mean, I mean, it's I was kind of like what Iowa State's defense does in a way because Iowa State's defense just does the exact same thing. They just rush three to four, or some mainly three, sometimes four, and then they'll drop, like, everybody back. They'll just literally just drop everybody back. You know, they just don't want to give up the big plays, basically. They're just like, all right, we're going to drop this many people. They have certain spots they need to be at all times. And wherever you think there's an open open gap that's not gonna it's probably not gonna hit you so we want they want you to hit the three yards the four yard routes or the they want you to run or blah 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 you know 
you know, stuff like that, basically. You know, what any other kind of defense would want you to do. Because it's like, you drop aid, we're going to, as soon as you throw the ball, we're all going to sprint to that ball, wherever the ball is being thrown to. So it's like everybody's at least in the same area where the ball is. So it's like, you know, they don't want a Cooper Cup throw, running down the field 40 yards one-on-one because, I mean, it's probably going to favor Cups in the worst way for the Bengals. It's going to favor Cup if he's one-on-one catching the ball, you know. If it's like, you know, what the Bengals have been doing, dropping eight, at least they'll have two guys on him nearby him, and so it'll be tougher to throw the ball to Cup, and then they'll have Odell. You know, there's I think they're better off just doing the exact same defense, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be, so... Um, let's see what else is, uh, about this. Um, um, I think, yeah, this is a good one. Will e- will either team dare the other to run the ball? Cause like, I think, well, it's, actually that's kind of an intriguing question. Will either team dare the run the ball? Dare the other to run the ball? Now, you know, it's like. I would think the Bengals would probably want to run the mo- the ball most, so that way they can, you know, balance themselves. So Joe Burrow doesn't have to throw it like forty times, which I'm sure he probably will. But still, you would like want to still somewhat stay balanced. You know, he can go like thirty. You know, it could be like thirty fifteen or thirty twenty. You know, something like that. I don't know. You don't want to like throw the ball like forty to fifty times with Joe Burrow. I feel like you know, because like if he just gets back there he's gonna get he's almost gonna get sacked like nine times like he did against Tennessee so it's like might as well you got Joe Nixon back there you might as well just give him the ball he's a talented running back just give him the ball you know just either swing pass it to him or just hand it off to him and now granted the Ramsey line's really talented and I don't know how many yards he's gonna get off of him but like you know you just gotta stay consistent don't give up on the run you know just gotta stay with it um, I mean, for the Rams side, I mean, the Bengals D-line is pretty solid, too. I mean, you got Cam Akers, and I just heard that um, uh, Daryl Henderson's active for this game. So, they'll have, like, three running backs ready to go. Obviously, if you include Shoney Michelle, too. So, I mean, they'll be, all three will be ready to go and, you know, getting plenty of carries for this game. So, it's going to be really fun to watch there and who's going to get the ball for the Rams. I mean... I feel like most of this game is going to be passing yards. There's not going to be a whole lot of runs, but if like one running back in particular gets like a 20 yard, you know, just like if he finds the right hole and he just goes for 15, I mean, that's going to be kind of set the tone there for a minute. I mean, not for a minute. He's going to set the tone there and be like, hey, we're running the ball today. And then obviously the next question is like, who is Jalen Ramsey going to cover? I mean, it's most likely going to be. Jamar Chase about, you know, probably majority of the time, then obviously he'll probably switch off on T. Higgins. And obviously because T. Higgins is a really talented player too. So, I mean, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey's got some uh, work to do in the Super Bowl. He's got a lot of things to worry about. He's got, you know, he's got to focus on Chase. But, like, if he's on, if he's getting focused on uh, mainly his attention on T. Higgins on a play, they'll be like, oh, well, what about the other corner? How is, you know, I would, if, if there's a play where Jalen Ramsey is covering T. Higgins, I'd immediately just throw it to Chase. I'd be like, here you go. There you go, Jamar, go. <laughs> as soon as I get the ball, just throw it right to him. If he's not even looking, don't even care. Because I feel like typically, like, bigger wide receivers don't have, 
bigger or better games when he's when Jalen Ramsey is on him or them. Because like Mike Evans and DK and AJ Green and Michael Michael Pitt Jr. rank up at least you know uh, 80, 89 yards in games at least in the playoff and against uh, Rams this season. Defense, uh, da, 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 da. I'm just kind of reading this a bit so I, I understand what it's trying to say. I don't think the Rams will really make a choice between the two as they decide what to do with the their star corner. The answer is assuming that they don't suddenly change what they're going to do on defense for the Super Bowl. Is that Rim, Ramsey will likely get his opportunity to cover both. It's not the 2018-2019 Patriots who will use Stephon Gilmore to follow one receiver around the field while playing man coverage at one at one of the league's highest rates. Um, let's see. Nah, I'm not gonna use that. That's a that's a really that's a really wordy stat. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Uh, I mean. Uh, let's see what else is there. Nah, that's really about it. It's just like, you know, Jalen Rams is a really talented corner. You know, the Rams are just going to have to, or not the Rams, but the Bengals are just going to have to find their way to get uh, Jamal the ball, regardless of if Jalen's on him or not. I mean, you just got to throw it to him at least three times. He's got to take your chances. Like, you just got to trust Jamar is going to make the plays that he needs to against Jalen. Like, don't, 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 I mean, he's got to risk it. What's it? Risk it for biscuit. Or, I, don't know, I don't remember the old saying, but it was something with biscuits. All right, let's see the next headline for this game. I'm looking at for this one is how the uh, how are the Bengals going to block Aaron Donald? Because that's going to be another key point in this game. It's like you know the the Bengals defensive are not the Bengals offensive lines are really obviously not that great and obviously we know because there's a playoff game where Joe Burrow got sacked nine times he almost got sacked ten I'm sure I'm surprised he didn't but you know a, a bit of it's that on Joe and all that but like you know it's just like Aaron, Aaron Donald's a different breed and like he's a really talented pass rusher for the Rams so I mean like the Rams will move him around a bit so he can line up just a bit outside or keep him inside or you know just you know move him wherever he wants to move him i mean really he's a talented pass rusher so literally just move you can literally line him up anywhere just get to the quarterback like the rams aren't going to do anything crazy with aaron donald they're going to keep doing the same thing they've been doing all year i feel like i mean he's just he's really talented player he can do anything on the field like no one can block him he's just that darn good like, you know, there's really nothing else to say. Because, like, I mean, if they could somehow slow him down, which is going to be very hard to do. But, like, if they do, then they got to worry about Von Miller on the other, on on one side. And then they got to worry about Floyd. And they got to worry about uh, not the other one. But, I mean, the whole front line for the Rams is just crazy good. And Joe Burrow is gonna really going to have a great game. If is going to have a, a really rough game if they're going to, really get a you know it's it's kind of feel i'm gonna really i'm gonna feel really bad for joe during this game if he gets sacked if he gets the number if he gets sacked four times in the first quarter i'm like oh my god this could be a long day for joe it's gonna be a real long day 
And this okay, here's a here's a little quote here by in the in this article that I'm reading for ESPN. As Dan Orlowski has noted on Twitter, they need to get their screen game going against the Rams team that allows seven point one yards per screen attempt this season. That's the fifth worst marked. There's probability that is looks like the Panthers and Broncos matchup from Super Bowl 50 or the Chiefs and Buccaneers game from from this last Super Bowl where the defensive line versus the offensive line was mismatched was pronounced enough single-handedly decided the game. Can the Bengals win? Can the Bengals front four win the game? I mean, yeah, they can. I think that's a really, I mean, I think they absolutely can because like uh, uh, Trey and um, Herb, or, uh, what's his name? Shoot, I can't think of his name, but I mean, they got a really solid D line, so I don't see, I don't see why not. I mean, they can definitely like make a difference in the game. They can, you know, make their impact in the game. And you know, if they can just get, you know, put pressure on Stafford and, and you know get his rhythm off a bit. I mean, yeah, they could definitely, uh, they could definitely could could win the game. Will they like? Are the Bengals going to rely on the front front four for the Bengals going to really re- rely on the D line to win the game? No, not really. But like they they're like they're hoping to like get enough pressure on Stafford to get him to get him off rhythm, rhythm. You know all that stuff about how you know they get enough pressures or sacks. You know just keeping pressure on him. Um, you know. Evan McPherson, yep, he's the man. Evan McPherson, baby, he is—he's uh, a different breed of a of a kicker. He's—he's re- he's really good. Like I saw that it was that viral video of him doing the—he like got a uh, Gatorade bottle and he like was in a practice football indoor facility and he put it in like the he put it on he taped it on a uh, like a walkway a bit of above and he was lining up. He lined up and like was at the twenty or something like that. And he just kicked it and it got, he kicked it right to the bottle and I, I think he uh, either he got the screw to come off or he just knocked the bottle right off. It was crazy. I was like, that's accuracy right there. He's got a big leg, like he truly does. Ooh, here's a good one. Does either coach have a game management edge? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm not sure if we can count on either of these coaches to really make a smart decision on fourth down or in no man's land. McVeigh has put it on a clinic of what not to do with challenges during the NFC Championship game. Challenging a spot or on a fail Stafford attempt on a quarterback sneak, yeah. Or wasting a second one on hopping uh, the Kyle Fuzak fumble at the end of the run. Yeah, that was also stupid. Yeah, I don't know why Sean McVay even tried to challenge all those challenges. Like, those were all clear. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's like, he won. After Stafford didn't get the first down and two, the fullback for the 49ers did not fumble the ball. Like, we all see it. Why do you, what do you see that we don't see? It was crazy, you know? Um, I wouldn't treat this performance as a new norm. He's only used his challenges during the regular once you only use one challenge in every good season and use the two in the wild card when all three and McVeigh has often needed to 
get more aggressive on fourth down. I would be worried that Stafford failed to convert on quarterback sneaks might stick in his head if the Rams are seeing a fourth and short on in the Super Bowl. Uh, Taylor's game management has often led the the Bengals to settle for long field goal attempts, while McPherson is unbonified. Uh, you know, knock them down like easy kick uh, kicker. You know, like the management that could cost the Bengals a near win victory over the Packers in October. I also still can't believe that it repeatedly went for an unfortunate goal from the one yard line with fifty six with fifty seven seconds left to go and tie the game against the Chiefs in the regular season. Although that to worked out well for Taylor and company, Tony Romo rightly criticized the Bengals for trying to win the to trying to win the AFC championship game by controlling the, the clock early and hasn't hasn't worked. For most teams, that Cincinnati ended up winning the game by running the ball on early downs during the first half and all that stuff. You know, it's just well, I guess we'll see who, which, uh, what coach is going to be better about their time, their time, man, their clock management. You know, it's going to be that's going to be. I think that's going to be a key point in this game. That's which coach either in the, with about four to five minutes left in the at fir- the first half in the first five. You know, in the last five minutes of the end of the game, you know, the fourth quarter where it's going to crunch down. If it's still a close game, we'll see which coach makes the right decisions, you know. Um, all right, then this is obviously uh, talking about the underdogs. And famously, the uh, in the 1969 Super Bowl where quarterback Joe Namath of the New York Jets said, I guarantee we will beat the Indianapolis Colts and they were like an 18 point underdogs against the heavily favored Indianapolis or no they were at the time they were the Baltimore Colts but they're still the Colts regardless they they did win against the Colts and they were one of the bigger underdogs in the Super Bowl and that's why Joe Namath it's uh it's the man he's like hey we're gonna win this fucking game regardless of the point spread or not I guarantee we gonna win and he put his mouth, he put his foot where his money was. He said, "Hey, we're winning." And you know, you kind of get the same villain a bit with the uh, with the with the Rams and Bengals a bit. Like, I feel like the Rams are just, you know, the favorite. Like, the, the, obviously they're favorite, but they're not a point team, eighteen point favorite against the Bengals. It's only now I think I've seen in a lot of books, sports books, it's now down to four and some at three and a half. So obviously it's not that big of a spread. But a lot of people are like, yeah, the Rams are probably going to win. And, like, a lot of Americans are out there wanting the, wanting the Bengals to win and are going to root for the Bengals. Like, myself, I'm going to probably root for the Bengals, but I'm not going to, like, go out there and be like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I'm on the same boat with everybody else. I'm like, yeah, the Rams are probably going to win because they're the better team. I truly do think that. They got more star, they got more star talent than the, the Cincinnati Bengals do. It's just, you know, it's just because they got – Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Cooper Cub, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham. I mean, they got like eight eight Pro Bowlers, and you got Cincinnati, who's got like three. It's like, it's kind of a heavyweight here. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see. And we got the picks here. This uh, this guy from ESPN says that he is going to take 
The Rams, 27-17. Oh, wow. That's an interesting pick right there. That means, that means the Rams would cover the spread. You know? Okay, here. You know what? Okay. I'm going to try and do this. Let's just do this right now. So, hold on. I'm going to look at... I'm, I'm going to look up a score here real quick. And then I'll uh, tell you guys my... Kind of my favorite picks to uh, for this game. My uh, prop bets that I like for the game. Oh, wow. That's great. Okay, sorry. I was distracted by something. Okay, so like I said, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you at least five to six of my favorite prop bets for the Super Bowl. And then... I'll, yeah. Uh, for the game wise, like besides props and just strictly just on the game, I'm gonna say I would lean towards taking the under for the game, which is that um, uh, 48 and a half. So yeah, I would lean towards the under for that game, and then um, I gotta find these. So doing this live, I would do. Uh, Cooper Cup probably to score a touchdown, and um, I would also do um, the Rams tight end Kendall Blankton Blankton to score a touchdown. I think you know it's just to throw. It's a longer odds, you know. I don't see I don't see why not. So he would score a touchdown. You can see game props. Um, I had what was it? What was it? Um, uh, what was it? What was it? Oh gosh, there were so many props I had. Oh, do the uh, do Joe Burrow of of attempted passing or attempts as it was what was it at? Um, what was it at? Um, shoot, hold on. These things are so hard to find at times. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe Burrow attempts. Uh, let's see. Joe Burrow attempts first touchdown. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Joe Burrow at 36 and a half. I would take both both quarterbacks because they're both at 36 and a half. So I would just take the over on both both quarterbacks. And then let's see what else did I have. There was some kind of like uh defense. Oh, here's a go. Defense. Um I had like a uh let's see. I'm gonna say that the uh total sacks, no, not total sacks, but uh individual sacks. No, here we go. Where's the individual sack? Because I like one particular... Oh, yeah. I was um, Sam Herbert. Or no, not Herbert. Hubbard. Hubbard. I don't know. Either way, the guy for place for Cincinnati. Sam Herbert. Yeah, let's go with that. Herbert. Uh, plus 250 to sack Matthew Stafford. To, to get a sack. I like those odds. Because I like him. He's a really funny guy. I listened to him on a podcast recently. He was a really funny dude. Um, then, oh shoot, hold on. I clicked out of it. Give me another second. Um, oh, see, that's why I had Odell, or no way, I had Cooper, uh, both quarterbacks, so that counts as one. Uh, Sam, just uh, get a sack, and then um, the Rams side end, the uh, Blankenton, right? I don't even remember his name now. <laughs> hold on, what was, it? what was his name? Scoring touchdown, let's see. I want to get his name right. Uh, Kendall Blankenton, that's, that was forward. Let's do one more. Uh, and if I don't know, you can't go wrong with tails, so just pick tails. So yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. Uh, the final play of the game. The final play of the game to be a quarterback kneel. That's a no. I would take a no. I think the last play of the game will not be a kneel down. That's definitely a no. And plus, it's at plus. 
150 so it's good odds so those are my five best bets so i take the under cooper cup to score kendall blinkenton to score the uh yeah so under Blinkenton cup blinkenton uh last play of the game will not be a kneel kneel by a quarterback quarterback kneel um what was the other one um and uh sam herbert to uh score a touchdown wait was there one more effect there was one more god i'm losing track of all these darn bets oh yeah and the and the last one was the uh matthew stafford and uh, joe burrow the passing attempts so take the over on both it's 36 and a half just take both just take both overs i don't see why not so just take both of those overs those are my favorite bets i'll tweet them out on, on the tweet on the tweet show twitter page that is uh, at tweet show just to clarify one more time that is at tweet show on twitter go follow me on twitter if you want some of these picks, I'll go tweet them out here within the next couple of minutes. My favorite bets. Or I'll post them on Saturday, probably. So, okay. I'm going to do my prediction now for the game. My prediction for Super Bowl 56 is... Oh, gosh. This is going to be so tough to do. Oh, my gosh. I don't know who to pick. Cause I, okay. Because I've, I've said this like multiple times to multiple people. That I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals, but I truly do think the Rams will probably win. So, but if I do a spin zone, and because I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals, even though I really don't care who wins, because I really like Matthew Stafford. He's been in my, in the Bears division, and he's just been really wanting to get a new situation going. And I think he deserves this, and like I think Joe Burrow's got plenty of time, even though this could be the only time he gets to the Super Bowl. Even though he's really good and it's really tough in the AFC, so it's like, uh, I don't know what to do. So I'm gonna okay. Here, if I want the Bengals to win, so maybe I should pick the Rams then. If the Rams win, it's a lose. I'm not gonna say that because if it's like it's a win-win. So if I pick the Bengals to, if I pick, if I want the Bengals to win. And the and the Rams lose, and I picked them to lose. But like, oh yeah, see, I was, you know, I had, I was rooting for the Bengals, but, you know, I don't, you know, I really don't understand the, I don't get the concept of win win lose lose. I mean, I do, but I don't. Sometimes in my head, I'm thinking, well, it's a win win. And somebody goes, no, it's not. I'm like, well, think about it. Either way, I'm gonna go with the Rams. The Rams win the Super Bowl. I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna go with um, the score will be 28 to 20 24 and the uh it will be a push for the if you had depending on what you got if you got the spread at so it'd be a push or well actually if it, if you're wanting for a wanting me to like pick a side on the spread because i really don't i don't really like the spread i wish it would go back up i wish it was at like at five so that way you could get the you could get you can get the Bengals plus five, but obviously the odds makers and all the sharps got it down to like three now and all these other at these places. So I would recommend for people that are going to bet on the Super Bowl, don't bet over your head, set a limit, don't go crazy about it. Just either if you're wanting to just place one bet or at least five, don't go crazy with the prop bets. Just be smart about it. Be responsible. Do whatever you got to do. Have fun with it. Just be fun. Don't go crazy about it. Don't put in like thousands of dollars on one prop bet or something like that. Just take it easy. Just take it easy. Bet responsibly. Bet responsibly. All right? So, like I said, 
I got all those prop bets. I'll tweet it out on the tweet show uh, Twitter page. And then, so like I said, I'll take the Rams winning the Super Bowl 2024, sadly. Even though I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals, like I said, because I like Joe. But I'm going to pick the Rams because I also really like Matthew Stafford. I think he deserves it. Even though that I'm not saying that Joe doesn't deserve it, but like, come on. Joe's got plenty of time. I don't know how many other times Matthew Stafford's going to be in the Super Bowl. And now you could say the same thing about Joe because it's really hard, like it's really hard to get a Super Bowl. But it's like, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. So, like I said, I'm taking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on winning the Super Bowl. Now, we're going to find out by Sunday if this prediction comes true. So, I'll take a clip from this, and then I'll put it in the show, and then I'll just be like, whoop, you were right, and or I'll go, you idiot, you were wrong. All right. With that all being said, I appreciate everybody listening to this edition of the Twitch show, Super Bowl 56 preview. Uh, I will see you guys hopefully on Monday with my full recap of the Super Bowl. There's going to be some really fun, interesting stuff on that show. You're going to want to listen to it. it there might be some in, uh, interviews in there. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. But it's going to be a really fun episode, I think. Going to do a lot of things with the with the Super Bowl episode. So, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening to this one. Go uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go make a comment. Do whatever you got to do. We're going to take this podcast to the moon. I appreciate everybody listening. I'll see you guys later.